that God has revealed himself to us. Without that, we would not have been able to find him or discover him on our own. And that God is a relational God. He, he's a person and he wants to have a personal relationship with us, each of us. Today, I want to dive in a little bit deeper into God's being, the being of God, how he expresses his being to us. We're continuing our series on a Christian worldview. God's being is a triunity. He's tripersonal. Threeness describes his being. God is a trinity. Now, while the word trinity isn't found in the Bible, certainly the concept is. And it's a mysterious and hard concept, certainly, to wrap our brains around. But think about light. We see light. We use light every day, yet we don't understand waves and particles and quantum theory. We use our phones and we watch television. We use our computers. We may not be able to describe in minute detail how those devices work, yet we use them every day. Someone said the doctrine of the Trinity is the end result of a long process of thinking about the way that God is present and active in the world and revealed in Scripture. The early church fathers grappled with those ideas. Heretics were arising, disputing the divinity of Jesus. And so they had to come together and put their best thoughts on paper to protect the truth of the Bible. And the being of God. One of those earliest documents was the Nicene Creed. I want to read a part of it because I think it's important that you know that documents like this were being formulated early in the church against heresy. The Nicene Creed, around 325. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son who with the father and the son is adored and glorified. Who has spoken through the prophets. There are plenty of analogies regarding the Trinity that help us understand it a little better, like one light dividing into three lights or an egg with the outside shell and the white part and the inner yolk or an apple with the skin, the fruit part and the core uh, water as a liquid as steam is ice. St. Francis or St. Patrick, rather, used the three leaf clover as a way to kind of symbolize the Trinity. All of those are metaphors are somewhat helpful, but really fall short and are inadequate. I really like this definition of the Trinity. God is a three in one being of whom loving relationship is his very essence. 
He shares himself in the depths of his own being. Although he is the one and only Lord, he does not exist alone even prior to creation. For God is love and love presupposes relationship. Without plurality in the Godhead, there could be no love. And that's deep. We Christians believe God is Father, Son, and Spirit, and that the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. These Jewish writers of the Old Testament were surrounded by pagan polytheists who worshipped many gods. And so they, in their writings, emphasized the oneness of God. Jewish Christians, the earliest Christians were Jews who were brought up in that monotheistic culture. But they begin to experience Jesus as God. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send one like me, the Holy Spirit. They experienced the Holy Spirit as God and worshiped him. Father, Son and Spirit are distinct from one another. Jesus prayed to the Father. Father and Son sent the Holy Spirit. God is one being that exists in three persons, not three gods. Let's look at some scripture where we get a glimpse of the Trinity. There are four places, at least, where it speaks of God as plural. One of those is Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. All three were involved in creation. Genesis 1, 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hebrews 1, 2. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Genesis fourteen twenty two. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand to the Lord God, most high possessor or another translation, creator of heaven and earth. We are baptized in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice it doesn't say names, but baptize them in the name. All three were present at Jesus's baptism. Mark 1, 10 and 11. And when he, Jesus, came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. All three were present at Jesus's conception in Luke 135. And the angel answered her, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. All three were involved in Jesus's resurrection. John 219, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Romans 811, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And Acts 3.26 says, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And Paul closes his letter to the Corinthians with a Trinitarian close. Second Corinthians 13:14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We could do a long study on the angel of the Lord, but let me just share with you two verses. This would be a great study. Genesis 48:15 and 16. And he blessed Joseph, this is Jacob, and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys and in them. Let my name be carried on in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. Let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Exodus 23, 20 and 21. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. So we see glimpses of the Trinity many places in the Old Testament. So while the members of the Trinity differ in roles, they are equal in substance. Let's explore some other qualities and attributes of God. God is perfect. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. I I love that verse. So many good qualities of God are described right there. Secondly, God is sovereign. He's sovereign. First Chronicles twenty nine eleven. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. He's dominant, not domineering. He's in control, not controlling. He doesn't have to take charge because he's always in charge. He's greater than creation and exists above creation, not a part of it, as Eastern religions teach. He's greater than time because he's eternal. He's greater than circumstances because he's unchanging. Nothing surprises him. He can do anything he wants because he's almighty. Thirdly, God is personal. He acts with morality toward us, his creatures. So how does he act toward us? Several things from scripture. He acts toward us in holiness. Isaiah 6, 3. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holiness is the most used description of God. In the Bible is is the sum of his perfection with compassion. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful 
and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He cares about you with faithfulness. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful to you. The promises that he makes to you, he will carry them out. He won't let you down. With goodness. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. All he does is good and right. With justice. He moves toward us. Isaiah 30 and verse 18. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. He does have wrath towards sin, but he isn't capricious in his wrath. He's just. And don't we long for justice in this world? With wisdom, he moves toward us. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. He moves toward us with love. 1 John 4.8, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Notice it says God is love, not God has love. With patience. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Aren't you glad for God's patience? I need it all the time. In righteousness, he moves toward us. Psalm eleven seven: for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Everything he does is right. We become like who we spend time with. So I encourage you to spend time daily deepening your relationship with this God in word and prayer. God has many names. Names describe God's character more than just titles that we attach. Do you know what your name means? Philip Edward means lover of horses and wealthy guard. I don't think either is true. I don't like horses. Sorry if you love horses. I'm a little afraid of them. And I don't think I'm a wealthy guardian of maybe the wealth of the gospel, perhaps. So I would say not. But God's names Describe his being and who he is. Knowing God's name is a privilege and responsibility. Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. What a privilege to carry his name. God dwells where his name is. It says in Psalm 75.1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. God's name is a place of security and strength. We see that in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
the righteous man runs into it and is safe. And God's name empowers his people. Deuteronomy 28.10. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. God's name declares his holiness. The most holy name of God is the I am name that we saw in Exodus 3.14. Y-H-W-H. The tetragrammaton, the four letters, the word for being in Hebrew. It means that God exists, that he's always existed, and he will always exist. That name was so holy, the Jews dare not speak it. And when writing that name, they added the vowels for Adonai or Lord. So whenever you're reading through, especially the Old Testament, and you see capital L, small O-R-D, that's Adonai. When you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the tetragrammaton, the Y-H-W-H. God's name declares his glory. His glory, glory means weight. God is weighty. He's vast. Majestic, splendorous, we fall down before him in his presence. God's name tells us what he does for us. He's Yahweh Yara, the Lord who provides for us. He's Yahweh Makadishim, the Lord our sanctifier. He's Yahweh Sidkanu, the Lord our righteousness. He's Yahweh Shama. The Lord who is there. He's Yahweh Rofi, the Lord, our healer, and he still heals today. He's Yahweh Nissi, the Lord, our banner. He gives us the victory. He's Yahweh Roy, the Lord, my shepherd. He feeds and protects us. He's a warrior, our rock, the God of all comfort. He's the God of all grace, the God of all peace, the God of truth. He's the God of my life. He's the God of all the earth, the Lord of hosts. He's El Shaddai, the Almighty. He's the King of all the earth. He's the Most High God. He's the Everlasting God. He's the Ancient of Days, the Eternal God, the Faithful One, the Great and Awesome God. He's jealous, that name, because he doesn't want our hearts to become attached to anything lesser. So how should we respond to God's great name from Scripture? We should walk in his name. Trust in his name. Sing to the glory of his name. Confess his name. Honor his name. Exalt his name. Stand in awe of his name. How do you respond to such a great name as the name of our God? The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But we're not fools. We know he exists. He has proven himself and his existence to us and continues to every day. He wants us to know him and serve him. I would encourage you to use these notes as a way of studying the names of God. Is there a name of God that we touched on briefly here this morning in this overview of God's being that relates to you right now in the situation you face. We can pray in any of the names of God and that that could deepen our prayer life. Let's pray.
God, you are so great and vast and beyond comprehension. We are so glad that you chose to reveal yourself to us through your word, which you have given to us, that, that we can read and know about you and what you like and dislike, what you love and hate, that we might fear you and thus gain wisdom. And we thank you that you have revealed yourself in your son, Jesus Christ, that we might know him. And be saved from our sins and have a relationship with you. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit who dwells in those who believe. That we have a guide and a comforter and a convictor of sin when we need it. God, you are great. There is no one like you. And we gather this morning to offer you our praise and our sincere thanks for saving our souls. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's